Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. Indie game Bastion made waves when Supergiant Games released it in 2011. The colorful game is what's considered an action role-playing game, but it has some unique features. Rather than sharing the story's plot through cinematic cutscenes or character conversation, the plot is narrated as you play, often reacting to your weapon choices, your character's death, or the style with which you're playing. Another unique feature is the soundtrack, written by Darren Korb. Darren calls his music acoustic frontier trip-hop, mixing flavors of Americana with exotic sounds from more distant places. Darren is actually the entire audio team at Supergiant Games. So in addition to penning the score, he made all the sound effects, edited and recorded narrator Logan Cunningham, and performed all the music. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me today. You are a quite sought-after man these days, I imagine. <laughs> uh, a, a little bit. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I have. I you know, <laughs> I'm not you know super swamped with all the with stuff like that. But but yeah, I, I get a, I get requests for stuff occasionally. Well, I do want to say congratulations to all your success on the soundtrack. And thanks so much. Yeah, seriously, I mean this with like the highest possible compliment, but you sound like you can make this music in your sleep. <laughs> I mean, thank you. I'm not really sure sure what that means, but I appreciate it. It, it sounds like it just, uh, just kind of happens for you, and that's not at all to take away from the complexity of what's happening. That's not my intent, but there, just, gotcha. there really doesn't seem to be a weak song on the soundtrack, and that says a lot. I think that speaks a lot to your abilities. Awesome. That's that's really great to hear. How did you become involved in the project? Well, uh, I really just got lucky, basically. I mean, my friend Amir Rao is one of the co-founders of Supergiant Games, and we've been friends since we were about eight years old, probably. Hmm. Um, we played in bands together all throughout high school, and we both went to college in New York. I mean, we've been buddies since since we were little kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he started the company, he, you know, I had never worked in games or anything like that. Um, you know, my background is as a musician and songwriter, composer a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and producer. And he just asked me to do the audio for him because he thought I could do it. Cool. And so that, that was it. <laughs> were, you, were you super excited about it? I mean, did you think, well, yeah, this of is course. something different? I mean, yeah. A few years before that, when he got into games and started working at EA, I was like, kind of like secretly jealous, like, oh man, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, <laughs> I kind of, because I, you know, I've grown up on games and I'm a gamer. I love, I've loved games since I was a little kid. So for some reason, I didn't really consider it as a career path, but I just thought, I mean, I, I do love games and was excited, you know, always to have him tell me about his experience working on games and everything. So sure. when he asked me to kind of step on in and join him, I was really excited.
much time did you get to work on it? I started right at the top, basically, right at the beginning of the project, um, and we worked on it for about 20 months. So which song did you write first? The first one uh, is probably Mine, Windbag, Mine, which is like a modified version of the first piece I did. Mm-hmm. Um, when when I first did it, it was like a lot longer and it didn't change as frequently and it, it had a little bit less of the eclectic uh, sounds in there and was like a little more Flaming Lips, something like, mm-hmm. like kind of more um, trippy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of I just tweaked it a little bit um, later once once we had, I'd established the vibe. Um, right after that, I think the first like group of ones I wrote was like um, "Been the Baker" was one, and uh, and uh, "In Case of Trouble" was really early as well as was uh, "A Proper Story." Those were all like really early pieces. <laughs> write all the music for the game and I imagine you performed much of it which we're going to get to shortly but isn't it true yep. that you kind of had a finger in every single sound we hear in Bastion like the sound effects and you edited the yep. narration and talk about that too I was basically the whole audio team on the project uh, every sound you hear in Bastion is one that I <laughs> put together and <laughs> threw in there um, the sound effects uh, was something that I'd never really had any experience with I mean sure. once you know, when, when when Amir and I were both in college, he was taking a game design class and had me, like, do a little bit of stuff for this project he was working on. Mm-hmm. So I did some basic, like, VO recording and, and like, one little piece of music mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was really the only other experience I'd had at this. So that took me a while just to get my bearings and to figure out how I wanted to approach it and how the heck you implement all that stuff and, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, and how does that work? I mean... I have a little bit of experience in film editing and stuff like as a hobby, you know, I I enjoyed it when I was in high school and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and so I think I had a sense of how everything comes together in that way, um, going into it. And I've also just, just having played so many games and with a critical ear for a long time, I think I was able to sort of relatively quickly get up to speed, I guess. Um, it took me a few, you know, a, a little while for, of experimentation to actually get to the, place where I was comfortable but um some of the early really early assets I made are still in the game actually like the bow like drawing the bow back it's like one of the first sounds I made it's like still in there (laughs) (laughs) um you know so so yeah some of them some of them stayed and I didn't have to replace them and later as I got more comfortable I I started doing like mouth noises in a microphone be like yeah I'll just put an effect on that you know (laughs) (laughs) so later on well because what happened was I I went to Comic-Con like during the, while we were developing the game mm-hmm. and I saw John Ottman speak, um, who's the editor and composer for, for the Brian Singer movies, a lot of them. And, um, he was talking about an X-Men, you know, the sound of the, the jet, the X-Men jet landing or taking off. I forget what it was, but it was just him going like, you know, <laughs> into a mic with some effects on it. I was like, Oh dude. What? All right, here I go. I'm going <laughs> to gave me confidence to be like, well, if that dude can do that, then I'm going to go do that. Right. I'm, no, I'm no Michael Winslow or anything. 
worked very closely then with Logan Cunningham, who was the narrator, if, if you yep. indeed did edit him. What was that I experience did, yes. like to work with him? It was great. Uh, Logan and I have also been friends for a long time. Um, oh, okay. So we met we met in high school actually, um, and and he and Amir had been friends since they were about twelve or something. They played soccer together. So <laughs> so we go way back as well. We're all from San Jose. Logan and I are the two members of the team who work remotely. We live in New York, and everybody else is in California. Mm-hmm. So basically, at the time I started working on the project, Logan was my roommate. <laughs> nice. um, so we were figuring out like how do we want to deal with the narrative in this game. How do we want to convey story? You know, we tried some stuff with walls of text and we tried some, I mean, we tried a few things, but we thought, well, we're not happy with any of that. So <laughs> let's give narration a shot. We we at first kind of ruled it out, but, but then we're just like, you know what, let's give it a shot. And I said, Hey Logan, you want to come to my room tomorrow and, <laughs> you know, do some voiceover stuff? He's like, all right. So, um, that was about it. Listen, all this takes a lot of getting used to. And you do get used to it after a while. Eventually, like, I, I moved to a different place, but uh, most of the project was recorded in my new place. Our mm-hmm. old place was kind of a rat hole, and mm-hmm. um, I had, I just had my bedroom, and my, I had a loft bed, and the, my computer was under the bed, and I'd hang blankets on the walls and, and over the, the bed, and put, like, a mattress on the hissing radiator and stuff, and <laughs> <laughs> record, record, you know, that was the vocal booth, um, and some of those lines are actually stayed. Some of those are still in the game, but most of the narration was recorded at my new place in my closet where oh, I have like funny. a quieter space. Yeah. Sure. Do you have a favorite line? Oh man, a favorite line. I really like a lot of the weapon combo lines, like in the arsenal <laughs> when you equip yes. different combinations of weapons and he says something about it when you leave. Yes. Um, I really like those. My, I think my favorite one is when you equip the Calamity Cannon and the Mortar. Yeah. And he says something to the effect of, that's just stupid. Like, what are you... Yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite uh, things. And a yeah. lot of those are great. Like, you, you see a kid with a machete and a mortar, or I forget what it is, and you, you walk by a kid with this and this, you just keep on walking. Right. And stuff like that. It's like really, really badass stuff. Walk by a kid with a machete and a mortar, you just keep on walking. number of elements to Bastion that I guess are quite different than what we're used to in a game, you know, with the narration mm-hmm. and the music standing out, of course. I mean, what do you feel that that game brought to the table that hadn't been done before? When we were working on the project, we always would try first the thing that hadn't been tried, that we hadn't seen done uh, to its fullest, we thought. And, and if if we could pull it off, you know, we would do it. And if not, we could fall back on something more conventional. And, you know, that's always there. Probably the thing that that for me is the most successful in terms of like new stuff I feel like we did is is the the way we tell a story. The narration, the way we use it, I think um, allows you to just not stop. You know, it mm-hmm. allows you to take in story and have stuff that you're doing be meaningful without having to watch a cutscene. Right. Um, and that's, for me, like one of the biggest successes, I think, of Bastion. 
tell me about how you used music to enhance or perhaps like drive the narrative in the game? We thought pretty early on that it would be fun to have a song in the game. Mm-hmm. We thought that, you know, other games had songs to great effect and, you know, it's I always enjoy it when there's a cool song in a game. Um, and we, we all love uh, Portal and, you know, things like that. But we never really seen a song in a game, an original song in a game in quite this way that we wanted to try it. Sure. Where it's like from the point of view of a character, it's written in the context of you know, the world that the game takes place in. It's something that can help drive an emotional moment of the game. And so so we wanted to to give that a shot and see see if we could pull it off. I dig my hole, you build a wall. My goal initially, which we ended up being able to do, but I wasn't sure sure how much of it I'd be able to accomplish, was to have uh, two separate songs and then have them kind of come together at the end, like that old kind of musical theater trick sure. where, where you have two two separate things and you they kind of are complementary. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my early goals. Uh, if we were gonna if we're gonna do it, I thought, well, let's give this a shot. So I wrote each of those tunes with with the other one in mind. I set myself. Tell me about Ashley Barrett, who has just a fantastic voice. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. She's uh, she's great. She's a friend of mine also from San Jose, actually. She mm. lives in New York, and she works in PR. And I thought of her because I worked with her on another project I did um, where I was recording something and asked her to, to come by um, and sing for it, and she did a great job. So I thought her voice would kind of be perfect for what I had in mind for, for this. So I uh, asked her to give a shot, and she did a, a killer job, obviously. So be- theme and you were talking about bringing that back in setting sail coming home right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so yep. yeah so talk more about that process then for you of of just melding those two together yeah so i think what happened was right before we premiered the game at pax prime in 2010 mm-hmm. i edited a trailer for the game and i composed music for the trailer and that music i thought was too cool to like not not use somehow. <laughs> so so I thought, oh man, I love that. I, I want to repurpose it and use it. Mm-hmm. And I thought from whatever consistency standpoint, it would be cool to like even have the trailer music be tied into the, you know, whatever. So I, I took those chord changes and that music and, and kind of allowed both songs to kind of be based on that. Mm-hmm. And initially I just hummed a couple melodies on top of each other over that piece of music to mm-hmm. see what would work. And I, I kind of roughed out the melodies for, for Zia's theme and Zolf's theme. And, um, you know, then I went off and, and you know, properly wrote Zia's theme and, 
changed what I had to to make it fit. And then I wrote Zolf's theme. And at the end, I, you know, put him back together and <laughs> and <laughs> and it, it ended up working. I was very relieved because I, I didn't really know <laughs> sure. if it was actually going to work until I finally recorded that last song and Ashley came and laid her vocal down and, and I did mine and they, they actually worked together so that was good. <laughs> first video game as we've established Mm -hmm. but you have worked in other media before what did you enjoy most about writing music for the game compared to the other media you've worked for I found this to be the most creatively freeing of everything I've done and I don't know that that's inherent to all game work but (laughs) definitely my situation that I had with Supergiant was was wonderful I mean Mm -hmm. I basically just kind of had free reign to go wherever I felt like going, you know, yeah. and um, and we had objectives as far as what what the pieces needed to accomplish uh, in terms of the tone and and what we needed for the game. But other than that, I was they just kind of gave me the go ahead to do my thing, and that was awesome. I've never really had a situation like that before, where like if you're doing, especially for a like a film or or TV project or something, mm-hmm. it's usually you have picture that's already cut. They tell you like. We want it to sound exactly like this Coldplay song, but we can't afford the license, so make it sound like that, you know? Right. So just do that, but make it legally different, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like most of the work I'd done for stuff before, actually, was just like, rip off this thing, you know? And I, I think that's actually a lot of the, at least for songwriting, for, for movies and stuff, that's a lot of what I was asked to do. And I'd only done a couple projects, but but pretty much all of them were like, kind of make it sound like this thing that we can't afford. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really nice to just kind of be able to do something, you know, that spoke to me instead of, you know, rip somebody off. <laughs> flavor of American folk or maybe frontier type sound that, mm-hmm. that you called upon for the game's music. And you've talked about this in a number of interviews, but what inspired you to go that route? So right at the beginning of the project, all we had basically was this little prototype with, with a little gray dude running around with a hammer and <laughs> a bunch of art scanned out of D&D books and stuff. You know, we didn't even have, we didn't have anything, mm-hmm. but, but we, we had that and we had a bunch of ideas about tone and a bunch of ideas about what we wanted the game to feel like. One thing that got tossed around a lot was like Cormac McCarthy does fantasy, <laughs> you know? Um, and so <laughs> so we, we wanted like a gritty post-apocalyptic fantasy thing, like frontiersy Western feeling, but, but also, you know, Cormac McCarthy meets the Dark Crystal or something we, we wanted to do. Yeah. Do something uh, kind of out of the box. And so I... I basically, when I started making the first assets, uh, musical pieces for the game, 
that's what I had to go on. And I went and just tried to see what that would feel like, you know? And um, we ended up pretty much using every everything I did from that early uh, period. I mean, I reworked one of them, but I guess I was like the first person on the team to actually execute on the tone that we were talking about. So once I, I had those songs and I think it helped kind of drive the team tonally in the direction that it's like, okay, like now that we have this, this is starting to, now that the game already has like a vibe, you know, now that we've got this music in there. instruments you used though to access mm -hmm. more exotic sounds in the soundtrack because of course you butted it up you, you took this frontier type sound but then you also it's like Bollywood <laughs> sometimes yeah, yeah I guess I didn't finish answering your previous question really the <laughs> I wanted it to feel familiar and otherworldly at the same time so it could be accessible but also transportive you know and I, I, I definitely wanted to combine it with some things that are exotic sounding and people don't hear all the time. Um, and then kind of to meld all that stuff together, I wanted to bring in some kind of modern kind of urban elements and, and, uh, and sample beats and things like that. of instruments did you use to create that exotic sound? All of the live instruments are kind of guitars, ukuleles, basses, things like that, mm -hmm. stuff that I have and can play. Basically, everything else is either uh, samples or MIDI. No way! Um, yeah, yep. Everything else is samples or MIDI, yeah. So, um, from Logic Pro, just like the out-of-the-box Logic Studio, you know, I don't own any extra crazy libraries or anything, just like what I had. I use all sorts of different instruments there's like middle eastern instruments and and there's uh there's like oud and stuff like that and there's uh chinese gamelan instruments and there's there's some sitar and there's some flutes and you know <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff yeah. um i'd start with you know one element either the like a guitar part or like a some sort of interesting loop that i thought was really cool and then i'd try to subvert it in mm -hmm. some way, but with the other part I, I attached to it, you know, like try to <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> make yeah. something that co contrasted and yet was complimentary somehow. And then in each song, I tried to do something kind of messed up with the, uh, <laughs> with the, the rhythm section, with the drums. I tried to make it like kind of off somehow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, like I'd put, you know, three against four sometimes and I do like stuff that that just made it funky isn't really the right, right word but right you know. well i mean i noticed this and i i especially noticed it in um in slinger's song which mm -hmm. by the way should just be named emily's song because uh -huh. <laughs> this is like this seriously is how i feel most of the time is every time i awesome. hear slinger's song i'm like oh yeah that's how i feel right now 
That's awesome. <laughs> One of the things that I love about that song and about so many of the songs on the album is mm-hmm. this, this, what you're talking about, what you kind of do with time. And, mm-hmm. and it's, to me, it's just ripped right out of the pages of jazz where you're just like sitting back on the beat just enough to make it feel groovy. Yeah, groovy. I think that's probably the, that's probably the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Did you play everything or did you have any help other than the singers? Uh, no, just actually. So I did everything except the female vocal. I did the male vocal and I played yeah. all the instruments and everything. So what's your favorite of the whole project? Uh, let's see. I mean, setting sail coming home was felt really good to to make because I it was an idea for a long time that I didn't know if I could do. Sure. Yeah. And so once I finished it, it felt really, I was happy about that. Um, as far as my favorite, I really like some of the later stuff. Like, I actually really like, um, which one is it? Uh, I think it's Pale Watchers is one of the ones I really like. Because I, that one, <laughs> I bought a ukulele and I was determined to use it. Um, and it, and that, that one, it, it features a distorted uh, ukulele as like the main line in that song. So I was really pleased <laughs> pleased with that. <laughs> definitely the most fun I've had working on anything um, and I I am working with Supergiant on another project we can't really talk about sure. what yet it's early but um, but uh, yeah I'm definitely continuing to work with Supergiant and um, I'm very excited about future projects you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun one thing I did forget to ask you about is mm-hmm. <laughs> rock band oh yeah yeah tell me tell me about your personal relationship with rock band <laughs> Sure. Well, they had in 2009 and 2010, they had uh, rock band kind of championships in Atlantic City. Uh, that was kind of when when Harmonix was still with MTV mm-hmm. uh, and they were hosted at Harrah's in Atlantic City. And uh, and I am part of the 2010 championship band <laughs> for, for rock band. And and since, you know, Harmonix is no longer affiliated with MTV, this thing isn't happening anymore. So I think I might be the reigning champion for life. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely something to put in your memoir. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. I, we practiced so hard for that thing. Like it was like a full full time for a month we were practicing for that thing. Seriously, what what instrument did you play? I played um, guitar and drums okay. uh, for that. Yeah, I played a little guitar in the first one and then drums for the the rest of them. What song did you win with? It was a kind of a grueling <laughs> multi-part competition. Uh, the, in the preliminary round, it was all about points and no performance or anything. So we okay. did uh, 
I think it was um, Sex Machine, James Brown. <laughs> yeah. And so that one was just like super long and repetitive. So there's a million, just like a ton of points available. Um, so we did that one. And then when we got to the actual competition, it was mostly about performance and not as much about points. Sure. Uh, performance and costume and all that stuff. So we did <laughs> first first day, we did uh, Walk Like an Egyptian. Nice. And we dressed, you know, we like painted ourselves gold and like dressed in crazy Egyptian. The You know, the drummer was dressed as a mummy, uh, you know, <laughs> things like that. Then we had a whole choreographed dance and then uh and i shaved i shaved an onk into my chest hair um (laughs) so i think we got points for that sure um and then in the final round there was one song that we picked and one song that was random uh Mm. the random song that we got was detroit rock city by kiss oh wow and then so that was a good one you know that Mm -hmm. was fun i was of the available available random ones that we got pretty lucky on that one and then uh, our song we chose was Heartbreaker by Pat Benatar. And we did like the, you know, kind of 80s athletic attire with the short shorts and the high socks. And <laughs> sure, the, sure. You know, and, the sus- and suspenders, too. Well, I, I appreciate the fact that you are the reigning champion, but I sure wish they would bring <laughs> these back because that would I just, do, too. Yeah. <laughs> that would be way better than continuing to be champion. I was like, I was ready to do it last summer again. Like, all right, I'm clearing my whole June, you know, like <laughs> all of June to practice this. And I was out of, you know, I was a little out of practice. I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. You've been listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese, and our technical director is Sam Keenan. Our next episode is kind of like a bonus episode. Not going to say any more about that. Then we'll take a little time to reset over the summer holiday. But be prepared for an exciting fall lineup. If you have comments or questions or you'd like to become a member of Minnesota Public Radio, you can visit us at classicalmpr.org slash topscore or follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at Topscore Podcast. in there. <laughs> I meant rolling. <laughs> 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 <laughs>